This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. From BBC Science Focus magazine, this is Instant Genius, a bite-sized masterclass in podcast form. I'm Alex Hughes, staff writer at BBC Science Focus magazine. This week, I'm joined by the technologist Sam Gregory. He is the program director at Witness, an organization that uses video to promote human rights. He tells me about the rise of deepfakes, their use, and why we should be worried about them. So I think the best place to start here is what is a deepfake? What is a deepfake? So a deepfake is a way in which uh, you make someone look like they said or did something they never did. Um, and we often use deepfakes to describe a whole range of ways in which it's become easier to manipulate video um, and to edit video and images um, more seamlessly. And uh, what is the purpose of them? <laughs> That's a good question, because deepfakes are, 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 are a technical process, right? They're a way in which we use uh, new forms of machine learning or artificial intelligence um, to create these more realistic fakes of people, of events, of uh, indeed of faces of people who never existed, right? So um, the original purpose um, that brought them to the public eye was, in fact, one of the areas that has been uh, one of the most destructive uses of deepfakes, which was uh, in 2017, um, a, a Reddit user uh, started using these tools, these new forms of machine learning uh, to place um, the faces of actresses and celebrities into um, pornographic videos to replace their faces and place them um, in, or replace the faces of 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 of, of the um, the actresses in the porn videos with the faces of the celebrities. And so, when we think about deepfakes, that the first place that they were used in the public eye was really in these non-consensual sexual images. Is there other ways they've been used? I mean, I've seen them quite heavily used in uh, the, for actors, there was a famous one around Tom Cruise or politicians. Yeah. So, so again, it's, it really, the, the key thing is to think, what do we mean by deep fakes? Right. So um, if we're thinking about face swaps, right, you have um, all these non-consensual sexual images that, um, involved swapping uh, the faces of celebrities and um, and uh, actresses in porn movies, as well as, of course, ordinary women who are targeted by this. Uh, we also had right at the start all those Nicolas Cage face swaps. So, um, you know, it, it, there was just a proliferation of people uh, swapping Nicolas Cage's face into uh, many other movies, right? So it became a meme of the Nicolas Cage deepfake. Um, and I think, you know, what we've seen is that there are, you know, a range of ways people use um, deepfakes, and there's also a range of deepfake techniques. And so I think it's worth often when we, people working in this space talk about synthetic media, not just deepfakes, because what we're talking about here is a whole range of things. So we're talking about the face swap, right, which is this classic deepfake um, 
where you take someone's face and you swap it with someone else's face. But we're also talking about things like what's known as lip sync dubbing. That's when you make uh, someone's lips move to a different soundtrack. Uh, and we're also talking about what people talk about as puppetry, which is when you make someone's body or face or facial expressions move based on the actions of someone else, right? So essentially the idea of a puppet. Um, and so when you look across that range of ways in which um, you can use these synthetic media tools, um, you see a range of usages. So, right, so you've got the usages that are um, in, um, in, in the eye, right? Like the, the Nicolas Cage deepfakes, you take Nicolas Cage's uh, face and you put him in another movie. Or the ones that were really prominent, and I think people saw them last year, like the, the Tom Cruise deepfakes, the deep Tom Cruise, right? These were ones where, you know, Tom Cruise or someone who looked like Tom Cruise looked at the camera, you know, said something that sounded exactly like him. And, you know, everyone was puzzled, right? Because they emerged on TikTok and it wasn't clear that Tom Cruise, uh, the real Tom Cruise had a TikTok account. And so this is the sort of the really professional end is, you know, the Tom Cruise deepfake on TikTok or the way in which uh, they uh, made the young Luke Skywalker in The Mandalorian or the Nicolas Cage uh, face swaps or Sassy Justice, which was a TV series uh, from the South Park creators in the US, right? So you've got that part of it, which is the really commercial end. And then in the middle, you've got people using uh, things like these uh, lip sync dubbing, right? The ability to put words in someone's mouth to do things like make David Beckham speak in multiple languages, right? So um, an advocacy group that was campaigning against malaria um, made David Beckham appear to, you know, give an advocacy message about malaria in multiple languages. And of course, David Beckham is a tremendous footballer. Uh, he is not a talented linguist, right? So they made him look as if he could speak in seven or eight languages and make it look as if his lips matched those languages. So you have those lip sync dubbing, and that area is really growing, right? So it's really growing as an area that people think about for, you know, dubbing movies, for uh, making personalized messaging, um, and for, um, you know, doing things like the David Beckham ad. And then the really simple end of deep fakes uh, and synthetic media is the stuff you can do in an app like, you know, Reface or FaceApp, right? Which is, or Wombo, right? Like make yourself uh, appear to sing a song, make yourself, uh, swap yourself with a celebrity in a, in a pre-programmed video, um, or even in something like the Deep Nostalgia app where you're just uh, reanimating the face of a long dead relative and maybe making them say a few words. So the real key with deep fakes is to recognize there's such a range, right, between um, you know, the really complicated and in fact, hard to make ones. And I think that's really important for people to know, like the, the Tom Cruise one all the way through to the, you know, simple one click reanimating your grandmother type ones you can do online. And I'm not going to make you go through all of these, but I think especially the face swapping, maybe being the most prominent one, uh, what's the process for those being made? Yeah, so face swaps, and, and, and again, deep fake face swaps are sort of where this really came into the eye. They're based on a, um, a form of machine learning, typically uh, called deep learning, uh, which is where computers essentially learn by example, right? So they learn how to uh, create a face of someone based on um, a range of examples, what's known as training data. So you feed lots of examples of, say, someone's face into these uh, algorithms, and they progressively improve in developing a version of that face, right? And um, there's a range of different scientific methods underlying it. Um, most of the sort of face swap techniques are built on uh, what are known as neural networks, which are modeled on, on the human brain, the way we learn by example. 
Um, and you um, are essentially training one of these algorithms um, or giving it the data to, to train itself to make a better and better version of, of something they've been providing an example of, like a face. Um, now, the way that people often think about the face swaps and uh, the most prominent technique has been something called a generative adversarial network, or people often hear of the word GAN. Um, and what you're having there is, in fact, um, two of these networks, two of these neural networks competing against each other. One is trying to create, for example, really good fakes of my face, and the other one is trying to detect those that are essentially competing. And so, you know, the the, the fake, the forger of my face creates a better and better version of my face. Uh, the other network is trying to detect it, giving essentially feeding back into the system, and you basically have this sort of competition to improve uh, the faking of the face. Um, so that's you know the underlying technology here, and there, there are many different ways to build those networks, and 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 typically also, and I think this is really important when we're thinking about those face swaps. People are using multiple methods, right? So they may be uh, using one of these uh, deep learning methods, maybe a generative adversarial network or something called a CNN, a convolutional neural network. But often they're also adding on kind of CGI effects, right? So this builds on you know, techniques that we've had for 30 years in the, the film industry, right? And so, you know, take a look at that Tom Cruise deepfake. Uh, that required m m lots of this data of Tom Cruise, probably gathered in a range of different circumstances. It required a really talented impersonator, who's the underlying person who's then has their face um, replaced. And undoubtedly, it had also some more traditional CGI visual effects happening on it. So there's not one deepfake creation method. Um, and certainly when it comes to the really sophisticated deepfakes, people are, you know, it takes tr real work to get them right, right? You need to keep shifting the parameters on these, these algorithms. You need to think about the data you fed it, and you may need to do this uh, additional CGI visual effects work at the end. And uh, something that I think is quite interesting with a lot of this is um, a lot of the futuristic technologies that are seen online now use a tremendous amount of energy and are quite costly to produce. Is, is that the same with uh, these kind of technologies? Yeah. So, you know, um, they require computing power, right? So they're, they're not blockchain, right? They're not, they're not, uh, they're not, you know, taking up the, the energy of a, you know, of, of a small country in order to, to generate um, uh, Bitcoin or, or something like that. You know, they are computationally intensive, Um you know, and, and that's been one of the big sort of races, right, from, from companies like NVIDIA and others is to, to develop the, you know, the GPUs, the, uh, the computational power that you can use to do this. And so really deepfakes um, in their current form come from the intersection of two things. They come from um, these advances in deep learning, these advances in artificial intelligence and machine learning, and they come from the fact that we have more computational power available to us to do it. Um, but it's it's not cheap to do a you know a really good deep fake, and I think you know as we as we also look ahead to what the threats are, you know uh, it's worth remembering that at least for the moment to do the really good face swap deep fakes is still computationally intensive, takes some investment in those GPOs, takes some money. Something that for me at least, uh, I don't think deep fakes have been around that long, or at least have been recognisable in the public eye for that long. Is it a new issue, or is it? something that has just maybe only recently been identified by the mass public? Yeah, I, I guess the, the question is, you know, media manipulation, like the ability to edit videos, edit photos, manipulate videos, we, we've, we've had that for a long time. Um, 
uh, actually, Daniel, go, what, just actually let me loop back to the question. You're asking more about like literally deep fakes, or you're asking about kind of like the ability to manipulate video and photos. I can go either way. Uh, I think more on the side of deep fakes. Um, so, so really the advances that um, allowed us to have um, the deep learning side of this are really in the last, you know, uh, eight or nine years, 10 years, right? So uh, the ability to do this, to use these algorithms that um, learn from the data you feed it in order to then build, for example, a fake face of, of you or I, that's really a technical advance of the last 10 years. So so really, you know, the public eye has 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 seen deepfakes really in, in in real time as they've been developed, right? And I think um, that's partly a function, of course, of the horrible origins of deepfakes as we first learned about them, really, because they were being used in in what continues to be one of their most pervasive and malicious usages to make these, you know, non-consensual sexual images of women. Um, so, you know, very quickly that they jumped into the public eye because of this malicious usage that was being used in 2017, 2018. And now they're highly visible. And, you know, I've been leading this, this project for about five years called Prepare, Don't Panic About Deepfakes. And one of the things I, you know, I try and emphasize to folks is, you know, there are very clear malicious usages now, like the non-consensual sexual images, but there's also been a lot of hype, right? So if you, you know, you think about the headlines in say 2018, 2020, uh, you know, deepfakes will disrupt, you know, the elections, pick an election anywhere globally. Um, I think those have done a disservice to us actually really trying to work out what is the technical underpinnings here? What are the real threats? What is the real things we need to focus on? So they've been in the public eye for five years, but often in this rather um, distorted way that doesn't capture the real threats that exist and overhypes the reality of what you can actually do with them. Uh, I mean, you've touched on this quite a lot, I think, already, but it's not just a video then a deep fake can be multiple different formats but is when it's say a voice manipulation or something in a different form is that still what you'd consider a deep fake or is that purely when it's uh using the faces and swapping faces yeah it's a great question whether you know what 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 deep fakes means and we're sort of we're actually sort of trapped in the first word that was used literally by the creator who was making these non-consensual sexual images the reddit user is called deep fakes right and you know and so um that, that's tough like it, i i think you know a lot of folks prefer to use terms like synthetic media because it allows us to include the face swaps it allows us to include the lip sync dubbing it allows us to include uh, the ability to make someone's face or body move uh, based on um, you know another source. It allows us to include the ability to uh, create uh, events and faces that never existed. The so-called um, "this person does not exist," right? You know, if you see a face that looks hyper realistic but is of someone who never existed, and they also allow us to include things like audio and image generation, right? Like the ability to make someone's uh, voice sound like someone else. And indeed, something like Dali or Imagine, these tools we see that allow us to generate, you know, um, images based on text. So we're sort of trapped by the word deepfakes. And I think it's often more helpful to say synthetic media and, and recognize that allows us to talk about this whole range that cuts across video, images, and audio. So do you think maybe deepfakes gives it a bad PR and that we're pinning it down to something that isn't entirely fully accurate for the entire field? Yeah, deepfakes absolutely is, you know, because it's, you know, um, because of its origins in in creating non-consensual sexual images, because of its implications that it's trying to uh, fool us, right, that these are fakes. Um, 
I, I think it, it does a disservice. And it also means that actually there's lots of legitimate usages that people are trying to pursue in, in the commercial field for this, really trying to diversify commu- consumer creativity, allow you to make, you know, more complicated videos, you know, improve dubbing, make, you know, better personalized messaging within a business, you know, all of those companies definitely push back on the word deepfakes because of these negative ideas um, that it's about forgery and faking, not just you know improving video creativity, and because of its origins in these non-consensual sexual images. You touched on it a little bit just there. Is there ways to use this kind of technology positively? Is it something that we should be developing and should be developing more for positive uses? Yeah, so there's, you know, there are five or six really positive usages that that we've seen already, right? So um, first of all, obviously, people use this for really powerful satire and parody and uh, creative potential. Um, you know, I love the work of, of folks like there's a, a, a satirical maker in Brazil called Bruno Sartori, who makes these fabulous kind of soap opera derived um, deep fakes of the president there, President Bolsonaro and the former president Lula. And they're just hilarious. They're funny. Uh, that he captures their movements and their faces. You know it's a deep fake, but it's tremendously powerful satire and parody, right? So, you know, creative satire and parody is a um, is one very powerful usage we see already. Um, you know, second is just you or I being able to do this, right? If you use a, an app like Reface or Face App, you know, it's it can be just pure fun, right? Like consumer fun. Um, it can also have some really interesting usages, like uh, Reface is a Ukrainian app, um, and they allowed you to swap your face with uh, Ukrainian President Zelensky, right, and sort of express your solidarity with him and be part of the, you know, the movement for solidarity around the invasion of Ukraine, right? So there's consumer creativity, there's this satirical power, um, and then there are business usages, right? You can dub um, much more easily. You know, you don't have to have subtitles on a movie if you can swap the. Uh, make the lips move in a different language in a much more realistic way, um, you know. And so that has real power. You can create AI-enabled voice, uh, right? So if people remembered um, the voice of Val Kilmer in uh, in the new Top Gun movie, right, generated with uh, these AI-derived techniques to make him sound like his voice would have sounded if he hadn't had um, um, an illness that affected his his vocal cords. Um, so you have these really powerful usages and there's definitely an explosion of businesses also saying, you know, we're moving into a video culture, right? Like, um, you know, um, young people, uh, learn by searching YouTube, by using TikTok as a search engine or Instagram. Um, so instead of having messages sent, you know, um, in text in an email, why not have either a person or a computer generated avatar be able to say those messages in a realistic way? So, there's a big growth of a sector of companies who are saying, you know, we can make, um, you know, someone in the company or more often a computer generated avatar, you know, say things rather than, um, you know, putting them in text or in a, in another format. Um, and then I, you know, I come out of the human rights space and, um, you know, I'm worried about the ways people get targeted by deep fakes and have done a lot of work on kind of the misinformation and disinformation side, but there've also been these amazing examples of people using, these types of tools to do things like protect vulnerable individuals. There was a movie called Welcome to Chechnya that um, uh, featured very vulnerable LGBTQ activists in Chechnya, and they did an amazing thing. They recruited volunteers outside the country, and they uh, created deepfake uh, faces, or essentially deepfake faces of the volunteers, and they swapped them with the, uh, the vulnerable activists in the film in Chechnya. So you see these lifelike people 
uh, but the faces are in fact the faces of the activists outside the country. So, you know, we've got this explosion of ways in which people are using um, synthetic media tools for, for creativity, uh, for positive um, social usages, uh, and for just plain business functions. Thank you for listening to this episode of Instant Genius. That was Sam Gregory. To hear him tell me about how to fight deepfakes and the future of the technology, head over to Instant Genius Extra, available only on Apple Podcasts. The new issue of BBC Science Focus magazine is out now. Pick up a copy in store or visit sciencefocus.com. Thank you.